Hey, my name is BJ Blackburn. I'm the pastor of Elevate Church. Thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope that this podcast encourages you, inspires you, and makes you fall more in love with Jesus than ever before. If you'd like to check us out, you can visit our website at www.elevatechrist.org. We would love to hear from you very soon. But for now, let's get into the Word. We are pumped to see what God is going to do today. Here's the message. We're going to start in John chapter 21. The title of my message this morning and that I feel that we are to release is The Temptation in the Mist of Transition. The Temptation in the Mist of Transition. We're going to talk a little bit about Apostle Peter and, and his life for just a few moments because I think it uh, parallels with what is going on and with what God wants to release in this time and in this place. John chapter 21, it says, After these things Jesus shewed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And on, the wise and on this wise shewed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas, which I love it because if you go up a little bit, I think last time I was here I preached about Thomas, doubting Thomas, they call him. And we found out that that was not his name. So after all those things took place, Thomas is with them. And I just love that. Just wanted to let in there. Uh, called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two of, the, of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into the ship immediately. I want to I talk just for a moment. And it says that night they caught nothing. I want to talk for just a moment about the life of Simon Peter for just a few minutes. Uh, the, the, the part there where Simon Peter says, I go fishing, is doesn't seem like it's real sufficient. It's just a couple little words that just, you know, man's going to go fishing. Okay, that sounds great. But what God began to show me through this scripture is that throughout the life of Peter and all that had happened up to this, situ up to this circumstance, God had been speaking words over Peter's life during this entire time. The time that he was walking with Peter and Peter got to... Uh, uh, or just m multiple different encounters that Peter had had. And it seems like at this very moment, in verse, whenever between verses 30 and 31, that every word that Jesus had spoke over the life of Peter, I just feel within myself that it just can't be, begin to come rushing in. So sometimes these words, and, and, and it's really easy for us uh, charismatic Pentecostal folk that we get, we, we, we get an unction from the Holy Spirit, and we, and we do, and we begin to, to speak words over people, and we speak life over people, and sometimes the words don't match up with the circumstance, and sometimes the words don't match up with exactly where you're at in life. And I tell you from uh, experience and from myself that it gets to a place where it just it seems like it just gets a little overwhelming. So I begin to think about uh, Matthew uh, whenever, or uh, in John chapter 1, verse 40 through 42, where it says, Simon, thou art a, the son of Jonah, and thou shalt be called Cephas, a stone. Matthew, uh, Matthew 4, 13, uh, 4, 18 says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, Matthew 16, 17 said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee but the Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give thee unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. These words were spoken over Peter's life. Then all of a sudden uh, he encounters, he goes to his whole process where he watches the man that he'd been following and loved with all of his heart and gave up everything for being hung on a cross, crucified and put into a tomb and he thought it was over. 
But in verse 30 and 31, he had just had an encounter where the door never opened, but Jesus came into the midst and began to speak peace, uh, be still. And he began to speak uh, life into these men and began to re-energize them and retell them what they are to do and, and spend some time with them. After these things had happened, the Bible says that Peter says, man, I'm just going to go fishing. I have found my place. Very recently, I found my place looking back throughout the notes and the, the words that have been given over my life, and I found myself in a place like, I can't do this stuff. I can't do it. I can't accomplish this. I'm not good enough. I, I, I mess up too much. I am not able to do this. So, you know what? Instead of going fishing, I'm just going to go sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Instead of going to church, I'm just going to wake up in the morning and maybe I'll cut some wood for the fireplace. That's a good thing for a husband to do. Go cut some wood. So we begin to lose our thrust, lose our, uh, our motivation, lose everything uh, that, that, that is empowering us that we had hoped and, and, and everything that was tied to these words to give us life and energy, we begin to lose that. So I tell you the morning, this morning that the, the, the temptation that I think personally in my life, the greatest temptation in the midst of transition is becoming comfortable. That we get to a place where it hurts just a little bit too much and it's a lot easier just to sit there and watch Netflix. So he says, I go fishing. See, Jesus was beginning to speak these, lives, these words in Peter's life not to just blow Peter's head up, not just to, not just to uh, uh, just say things in his life, not just to be just a good prophet and be able to speak these words. He wasn't doing that, see, because Jesus was beginning to take uh, Peter into a process. He was beginning to move him into, a, he was beginning to transition him from an ordinary fisherman into a man of destiny and a world-changing fisher of men. Peter didn't ask for that. I want you to let that sink in for just a second. He didn't ask to be that, to, to do those things. He didn't ask for that call to be put on his life. He didn't ask for that. But Jesus knew him. I don't know if you know the scripture where it says that for I have formed you in your mother's womb. I have blessed thee. There's things that God has instilled in us and put in us and placed in us. i got to stop right here for just a minute. There's things that God has placed inside of Judah. There's things that God has put inside of there that may not be coming on our time frame, on our time schedule, but I'm telling you, God is transforming him from just a normal child Ordinary kid into a man of destiny. God has placed him. So you got to understand something. I, and I'm not just speaking this. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I felt this all over me. That Judah is a man of destiny. God has removed him from certain circumstances in his life. And he has placed him in a, in a place. And I'm going to get to this. He has placed him in a place. He has set him to produce. Now i got to tell you something. A few days ago, me and my wife, we were in a, in a very tough situation, and we sit down together. We, one of the first times that pastors should do this, but we, it was one of the one times we do, but we sit down, and we pray together, and we begin to call things out in this situation. We've been trying to sell this property for almost six years and couldn't do anything, couldn't make any headway, nothing at all. But we begin to pray, and after we got done praying, my wife said, give me a red pen, and she wrote, God showed her a vision. God showed her a vision. And he said, write this down. And, he wrote, and she wrote in big red letters on his white paper, said, Grace. 
He had five days to answer our prayer. Five days, which we know represents grace. Five days to answer that prayer. Now, I know this is not as important as what we're talking about with Judah, but five days to answer that prayer. But God showed her through a vision. We grabbed that and we trusted that. Five days goes by, it doesn't happen. Circumstances do not add up, it does not happen. But five days after he had to answer our prayer, he answered it, and he answered it beyond what we was even expecting. I'm telling you today that he doesn't necessarily always come on our time frame, but God goes beyond our knowledge and capacity of grace. So in my, in my capacity, my limitations in that moment, he had five days. That was his grace period. But he went beyond what my understanding of grace was. Because God's got a destiny. He's got a purpose. So Jesus started this process with, with Peter. Peter had no understanding of it, but all he knew was these words were just coming in and all this stuff going on. So he says, I'm going to go fishing. And the easiest thing for you to, and I don't mean to keep correlating this, but the easiest thing for you to have done would have been if you give up. To, you didn't even have to be here this morning. I come in, I said, what are you, you ain't even supposed to be here. You didn't have to be here. You could have been mad. You could have sit at the house, and you could have went through this whole process all by yourself in your mind. But there comes a time when we do have to do that. We do have to settle. We just have to set ourselves, and we have to surrender. So Peter says, I'm just going to go fishing. And so he goes. And the Bible says that the people that was with him went with him. You may not realize it, but you're leading people more than you realize that you're leading people. So some of the things that we do in our lives. Now, now, now I, I got to stop something right here too real quick. This is just the pastor in me. I apologize, but I got to stop something real quick. You're like, well, yeah, I understand. That's the apostle Peter. He, he was special and he was unique and he wrote a bunch of the Bible. You must know and understand that it was not that Peter was extraordinary. But it was God that took ordinary and made him extraordinary. Guess what? It's the same God that is in you that was there that day. So the Bible says that they went fishing. And I love how it just points out that they caught nothing the entire night. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this man becomes walking on the shore. And as this man walks on the shore, he calls out and he says, Children! Have you any meat? That alone is very interesting because why did he say, did you catch any fish? But he says, have you any meat? Before I show you exactly, now let's just go ahead and show you. In John chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus goes to talk to a woman at the well and he goes to me and he said, he said guys, I have I need to go this way. He went out of his way to go to this well to meet this woman. And as he ministers to this woman and reveals himself to her and these kind of things and breaks her free in her life, the Bible says that he was sitting by the, uh, the well and the disciples come back and they said, Master, you know, are you hungry? Have you, have you ate? Have you, any, have you any meat? And he says, I have meat that you know not of. He said, but my meat is to do the will of the Father. So, what I am saying to you is that Jesus was literally standing on the shore and he says, Guys, children, are you doing what I called you to do? Are you doing what I asked you to do? 
His will was to do the will of the Father. Our will should be to do the will of the Father. When there is a call on your life, a call comes with an expectancy to produce. Understand, when Jesus calls you to do things in life, He expects you to do that. And that expectancy is tied to that call, to the very, very fibers of its, of its being, that you can do nothing without Him. Peter was a fisherman of 40-some years. He was what you would consider a professional fisherman. And the Bible says that he towed all night long and caught nothing. Just because we have a call in our lives does not mean that we take off by ourselves and do these things. But yes, we are to produce, but it's with Him. Second thing I want to say to you this morning is it's how you respond to the voice of God that will determine your success. Because he says, nope, we ain't caught nothing all night long. He said, well, throw your nets on the right side, on the other side of the boat. Hold on a second, dude. I'm the professional fisherman here. There's no fish here. But how they responded determined their success. They'd done as he said. They threw the nets over, and you know the story. He caught more than he could ever imagine. It was in that moment that the disciple whom loved Jesus looks up at Peter and he says, Dude, that's the Lord. Paul never, or Peter never even second-guessed himself. He put on his clothes and jumped. And we know that he swam to the shore. And when he got there, him and Jesus had a little intimate conversation. And it was throughout that conversation, it was throughout that conversation that Peter had to go through a process. And through this process, he had to acknowledge, yep, I'm called. Yep, I've been running. There's been a shaking going on. But he had to get to a place where he surrendered with his whole heart. Yes, Lord, I do love you. And I'll feed your sheep. So the, the whole process that I wanted to share with you this morning with the life of Peter, we go through this whole process. And we see that there was words spoken over his life that we see that the call was given. We see that Peter responded to the call. We see how he responded by, by running and basically going through all this turmoil and working all night long and, and, and getting nothing. We see how all this takes place until he has another encounter, an intimate relationship, uh, conversation with Jesus that begins to transition Peter's life. So in the middle of transition, there's change that happens. There's pain that happens. There's unexpected things that happen. There's things that don't quite add up the way that I want them to add up. There's all this stuff that takes place throughout this process and throughout transition. And it's so easy that when we get to the place where the pain is, that we stop. It's so easy that we get to a certain place and we just stop. And whenever we stop, that's whenever we find ourselves getting comfortable. That's whenever we find ourselves beginning to go down instead of producing what we should be producing. So I say all that to tell you that this is a different generation. 
We face the same problems. We face the same issues. We got the same stuff that everybody else has gotten dealing with. But I'm telling you this morning that whenever I said this is a house of destiny, a place of destiny, a people of destiny, I believe that with all my heart. Because there's four significant situations and four significant events that are uh, titled in the, in the life of Peter that, that, that are listed in the life of Peter that I think Jesus and the Holy Spirit was beginning or has told me to release in this house today. Because it's for this generation. It's for us. It's for our time. It's for us to do. And I believe that, that, that this parallels with where we are right now. And, and I believe a lot... <clears throat> Can I just say something? Not every place is like this, okay? I, I'm not trying to, 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 to make you whatever. I'm just saying not every place has excitement. Not every place has joy. Not every place loves grace and mercy and, and, and desires to do the work of God. But I'm telling you, at some point in your life, you're going to face a place where you have to transition. And it's going to be hard. So this is, could be a prophetic word for you that you begin to begin to in tune and listen and begin to put place things in your life to help you move this direction. Because I'm telling you, it's not always the way that you think that it's going to move that it moves. It's not always the way that you ask to be transitioned that you're going to be transitioned. But there's four significant things that happen in Peter's life that I believe God is going to be doing. And there's a song, I don't know who even sings it, but it says, Do It Again. And I believe God's getting ready to do this. And I think this is why we are, are parallel with Peter's life. I believe that we are moving into a season, a season of setting. I believe that we are moving into a season of setting, not setting in your chair, but like adjusting, adjustments. It is a season that we are being set to produce. In order to move into a season of, of, of setting, you must first go through a time of shaking. Because at the end of the shaking, you realize that's where all the junk shakes off and the real you stands up. Because if you've never been shaken before, if God has never shaken you before, then you don't know what shaking's like. And that's not to scare you. But that's because God's grace and God's mercy, He knows what He put inside of you. He knows what you've been made for. But he also knows the limitations that people have been putting on you. He also knows the words, the negative words, the, the words that go against what he's called you to do. He also knows about that. He also knows the thoughts that you begin to think in your mind. He also knows the experiences and the scars and the wounds that you begin to have. So he just wants to shake you a little bit. So he shakes all that stuff off. And the real you stands up. I believe that the four things is the first one is that we are going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak with boldness the gospel of Jesus Christ that will bring thousands together, that will cause changes in nations to shift under the power of God. It will cause someone to write it down in the history book. And we correlate this with Acts chapter 2 at the day of Pentecost. Whenever the Bible says that there was like 3,000 people there and all of a sudden the Spirit of God came down. And it said that there was nations there and every nation that people began to speak under the influence of the Holy Spirit and they could understand each one of them in their own language. I believe this place is a place of destiny that nations will be shaken from the very platform that this place builds. I believe with everything in me that according to Acts chapter 3 that we will begin to help 
the, that we will begin to help the, the person that everyone else just walks by. The lame man at the gate of beautiful laid there. Every day he was placed there. And people walked by him to get into their churches. But I believe God's calling us just like he did Peter that, that we will not walk by the very people that everybody else walks by. But that we will operate in the authority and the power of God and that we will raise down our right hand and we will lift them up according because we know what the kingdom and the purpose of God is. We know who we are because we've been shaken. we surrendered our life to God and we've given him everything that we've got. So the very people that they walk by I believe we will reach down and pick them up. In Acts chapter 9, the Bible says the third thing that I think correlates and I believe that will begin to happen in our lives is that we will begin to call things, we will begin to call to life the very things that most call dead. Tabitha was a cloth, she, she worked in cloths and all these things and she died and they called Peter in and Peter looked at her and he said, Tabitha, arise. So the very thing that, that, that everybody else calls dead, we will begin to speak life into that. You think the gifts of God is, is dead? Sorry. But we'll begin to call life into that. You think that speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and seeing blind eyes healed and seeing lamb man walk, seeing the dead rise again, you think that's gone? Sorry. We will begin to call life into that again. We'll begin to see the manifestation of the power of God in full operation again in our house, in our time, in our place, in our homes. Sorry. It ain't dead. We'll begin to call life into that. See, whenever you begin to, to accept these things, to begin to walk in these things, then all of a sudden is in Acts chapter 5. And I find it very interesting that the Bible says that whenever Tabitha was sick, they called for Peter. It, I find it interesting that whenever somebody needs something, they always call on the people that they know, that they know, that they know are surrendered to God. But boy, they'll sure persecute you all the way up to the moment that they need you. They don't want nothing to do with you until their daughter's the one laying in the hospital bed or their daughter's the one laying at the house sick. Hey, boys, I don't know what's going on here, but you better get Peter in this place. You better get him. You better go get the apostle. Oh, I don't know if that was for anybody in here or somebody online or... Somebody back at my house or me or what? And you know the beautiful thing about it? He went. <laughs> J. Iris was the ruler in the synagogue, completely against Jesus. They were conspiring against him, but his daughter was sick at home, and he found out about it. And he saw Jesus come off the boat and that man ran straight to him in his beautiful white robe and very expensive linen and fell right on his knees, right in the dirt and said, my daughter's sick at home. Would you come? What religion can't do for you, Jesus can. And you get a people that begin to believe that and accept that and begin to walk in that. Would you come, please? I don't care that you speak. I, I, that's what I need. Would you come? What religion can do for you can't do for you. Jesus can. Jesus knew that they were against him, but you know where he went to? He went to J. Iris' house. 
Because I don't care how much they hate you. I don't care how much they fight against you. Love conquers all. I know it's hard, but love conquers all. We're all on the same path. We all, If we all are who we are, we have the same heart for God's people. We love God's people the same way. We want to see them successful the same way. We've got the same heart walking for the same destiny. We just might express it a little bit different. Amen. If you won't say it, Judah will. But I believe according to Acts chapter 5, that we will be a generation of people that will perform miracles and see feats that no one else ever did. The only place in the Bible that I've ever read that they called in a man. They laid the sick down and they called in a man. The only place in the Bible that I've ever read that as he walked by him, by these sick people, his shadow healed them. The only other man that I've ever known of that I've ever read in the Bible that has ever stepped off a boat and walked on water. We are a generation that will perform miracles and feats that no one has ever seen. My note says, ever seen or ever will do. But God corrected me this morning as I was on my way here. Because we don't want just a one-time miracle. But he said that we will begin to set the standard. Because everybody thinks it's impossible until someone does it. God, we're available. God, we're making room. God, we want to be a city that hosts your glory and your presence. God, we don't care about the names. We don't care about the name calling. We don't care about the whatever that happens. God, it happens. We want to be a city. We want to be a people. We volunteer. Come on, somebody. I ain't up here by myself now. Come on. We volunteer. God, we volunteer for whatever the Spirit of God, whatever your call is, whatever your destiny is for us in this time and in this generation. We want to be the people, God, that raise up and believe you with all of our heart. We want to be the people that surrender our lives, give it all to you, God, that this would be your house, that this would be your place, that you, God, would move and operate through this house. I volunteer. set to standard I know that these things sound very outlandish I know these things are what they whatever you want to call them but I believe that we are stepping into a generation of people that it's not okay just to just to come to church but we're a people that is hungry because I'm going to tell you something if you ain't operating in the spirit of God this world will eat your lunch Cause it's getting hard, it's getting tough, whatever. We're going to come and experience His joy for ourselves. We're going to know Him and we're going to be okay. We're going to stand firm on the rock that never shakes. 
We're going to be all right because we know the one that's called the stars into the sky. We know the one that spoke life into man. We know the one that made the grass green. We know the one that raised the mountains up, that told the ocean that you can only come this far. We know him, and he lives on the inside of us. If you will, stand to your feet as the worship team begins to come. I just want to speak to you this morning that if you are in a place that you have been struggling, that you have been fighting, that you feel like you just don't know what's going on, you feel like you're getting beat down from every side, maybe, just maybe, you're in a transition. Now listen, I ain't telling you that you're in a place, if you're in a place that's, that, I don't know, I don't even want to get into that heaven and hell stuff. I, I don't know, I, I mean... Everybody instantly wants to go, well, I'm struggling the way I am because I'm in sin and all this and that. Sometimes it's called transition. Sometimes you're walking right. Sometimes you're praying right. Sometimes you're doing right. And sometimes you find yourself still. You just can't seem to, 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 to understand. You just can't seem to get clarification. You just feel lost. You just feel like you're walking around. You're just filling a seat. You're just filling a space. But I'm telling you this morning, you're in transition. God's moving you. God's transitioning you to things that you can't even begin to imagine. Things that you can't even begin to fathom. God's transitioning you. Young people, listen to me. God is transitioning you. I know it's hard. I know you're struggling. I know that you don't understand. I know I've had so many kids saying, I just, it's hard to believe. I'm just struggling with it. You're, you may be in a transition. God's got you. You're in a place of destiny. God's got a destiny for you. I'm telling you, moms and dads, we got to start calling our kids out. We got to start raising them up. We got to start calling them out and letting them do the things that God has called them to do. Got to pray for our babies. Got to trust God with our babies. It's hard to surrender your, chi your children to God. It is. It's tough. Because whenever they start going one way, mom and dad wants to grab them and snatch them back, but that may not be the way they need to go. God, we just pray for your wisdom and understanding to be able to do that. But Father, we just cry out to you in this house this morning that the men and women, the, the, the sons and daughters that are under the sound of my voice this morning, God, that in the midst of this transition, God, as you are transitioning them from ordinary to extraordinary, God, as you are taking the natural and beginning to, to, to produce the supernatural, God, as we are in a season of setting, a season of adjusting, God, I know that it's hard and I know that it hurts. And I know that it um, don't operate always the same way that it did. I know it's uncomfortable. But God, thank you. Thank you that you would allow this people, our generation, our people, to be one of the greatest generations on the face of the planet. God, that blinded eyes are going to be healed. The lame will begin to walk. God, that the gospel, the true gospel, the grace-filled gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He loves you unconditionally, will begin to be proclaimed throughout our generation. God, and that we would walk under the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands will know you in the power of your glory. Father, if there's people that are struggling in this place this morning, if you are struggling in here this morning, 
you may be in a place of transition. We're going to ask you to just come up front and allow us to pray with you. To allow us to pray with you, to break anything off of your life that is hindering you. That if you need clarity this morning, we're just going to believe God with you that he'll bring clarity. If you're in this house today and you can't call him God, you can't call him Lord and Savior, that if you don't know him this morning, then we're going to ask you to come. And I would just love to introduce you to this man, Jesus. Just going to take a few moments. If you need prayer this morning, you come on and the altar team's going to come and work with you. And we just we would just love to see God just begin to, to release things into your life. As Jesus and Peter had an intimate conversation, the end result was that Peter surrendered his life to Jesus. And everything began to change in Peter's life. If you knew him before Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, and you knew him after, he was a completely different man. You need to be a different man this morning. We pray that the boldness of the Holy Spirit come on you. We pray that the strength of the Almighty God rests in your home and in your body. We pray that healing will come into your home. We pray that restoration will come into your marriage. Husband, we pray that you love your wife again. Wife, we pray that you just fall in love with your husband again. We break off any chains in your life that is coming against your marriage. We declare it right now that it has to stop. It's got to go. We pray that homes will become restored again. Husbands begin to sleep in the same bed as their wives again. We pray that husbands will just make coffee for their wives again. A renewal, a refreshing in the marriage this morning, we pray. Sons and daughters that's on the run. Mamas and daddies, we pray it right now. God, we pray that you call them in. God, we pray that you put a thorn in their side, God, that they can't run from, that it just irritates them, God, to the point that they've got to come to mommy and daddy and say, something is wrong. I don't understand it. I, I, don't, even, I don't even grasp what's happening inside of me, but something isn't right. Tell me what it is. Holy Spirit, we pray that you just begin to invade the schools, that you strengthen our young people, God, as they stand and bring, and they stand and represent your kingdom and represent the glory that you have. God, we pray for strength in their life, God. We pray supernatural favor in their life, God. Any attempt of the enemy will be denounced and brought down. God, we pray favor in their life. As they speak, people will begin to burn on the inside and need to come to know you. Father, we just thank you for all that you are and for all that you do. God, and we just release this in this place, God. The place of destiny, God. We begin to call forth supernatural empowered, Holy Ghost-empowered meetings, God. Whether it's one or two, God, or whether it's tens of thousands, that those moments and those meetings would be empowered by the Holy Spirit, God. We pray forth, God, that we as a people, God, individually and corporately begin to reach down and lift those, God, up that everybody else walks by. God, we just pray and release in this place, God, that we would begin to speak life to the very things that men and women call dead. God, we speak life to that. God, and we just release in this place, God, miracles and feats that nobody has ever seen before that we would set the standard that we would do the impossible so that it can become in, uh, that it can become possible for someone else 
Lord, we thank you, we honor you, we praise you, Jesus. You're looking for a city, for a place to show your glory. Look no further, we're available. Yeah, if you're searching for a people, for a place to Show your glory, look no further, we're available. If it seems like your kingdom's all we're talking about, if it seems like we've tuned all the other noise out, we're just listening. Oh, we're just listening for you. Oh, and if our praise and our prayer seems outrageous and bold, if our worship gets too big for the building to hold, we're not making a show, we're just making Show your glory. 